With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual Selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. Hi, everybody. I'm really happy to be with Rob Baden, who is business advisor and coach, and also the author of the S-word, Sales, the lifeblood of your business. And the idea of the book uh, is really to uh, for business owners not to consider uh, the S-word like an F-word. Is that correct, Rob? Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Yes, Gabriel. I mean, uh, there's a negative connotation a lot of people have about sales. You know, when you sit there and say, when I sit there and say, oh, I'm, I've been in sales for over 30 plus years in sales leadership in 28 years, they're like, oh, sales. Oh, oh. Uh, and, and again, what I always try to let people know is sales, plural, ongoing, is building relationships that, you know, is a transaction-based relationship. Sale, doing anything to get that one sale can be a bad thing. And back in the 80s and 90s, there were some bad people out there in sales. And that's where a lot of this negative connotation of what sales is comes from. Great. And it's, it's really a subject in France. I have a marketing agency, I'm doing sales and, and French people are very reluctant to sales and to marketing because money is not such a good thing in a um, Catholic country. But I thought that in a Protestant country, like the, in the U S money is something that everybody, uh, love and are ready to talk about. Um, I, I didn't know that you have the same problem in the US about sales that we have in France. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's pretty similar worldwide. I mean, I, I deal with a lot of uh, companies from international companies and uh, it, it sales is different from com country to country. That's for sure. Cause it, it's, it's done a slightly different and you have to adjust to the culture of sales in, in that country, but there's still always that, that negative connotation. And once that's gone, once business owners get rid of that, it's amazing at what happens with their business. I mean, it really, once they realize it's, it's not a bad thing to talk about what I have, it, it really kind of takes off. Yes. That's really important to ch change the, the philosophy of what they do in order to be able to, to run and to grow. Uh, you, you need to be ready to grow. I totally agree with that. And what I would like to discuss with you is all business owners is adapting to the new way we are doing sales today with uh, the, the pandemics, the virtual selling. Uh, once they have uh, accepted that sales is not uh, uh, a bad word, uh, what do they do? Uh, and how do they adapt? And how do you help them adapt? Well, and it's different from business to business because there's some, the newer uh, business owners, the, the millennials, the, the younger generation, adapted to it right away. Uh, they had no problem with the technology. They were using it on a regular basis. Uh, the baby boomers, the old school business people had a little bit harder time to adjust to it. Uh, some of them are getting that now. And I think everyone has realized that business has to, had to be done a different way, especially during the pandemic. It's you couldn't have face to face, but it doesn't really change the sales process. It doesn't change how you do sales. You still build rapport. 
whether I'm sitting in front of you physically or whether I'm sitting in front of you virtually, you can still build rapport with people. And that's the first thing that you need to do with sales is build that relationship. You know, I can look and see the books behind you. You can see the picture behind, whoops, wrong side, picture behind me. You know, there, there's things that you can build rapport up and, and talk about that builds that personal relationship that, that builds into that professional relationship. And I know there's some people out there that says, I don't want to do personal stuff. It, it, it's just all business. You're missing out on a lot of business if that's the way you think. Sure. And um, so first, how do you make uh, a business owner change their mind and, and their view about sales? What is the messages? What is the words that you use to make them reconsider what is sales? What side is Well, and as I said, you know, basically I get them thinking about it different because it's, it's, you know, I, the reason why I wrote my book is I did a webinar for a bunch of business owners, about why they should, everybody business should have a sales process that everyone follows. Cause if everyone's following the same processes, it gets them more customers more often and faster. They kind of like the idea about more money, more often and faster. Uh, and when I opened it up for questions at the end, they're like, well, Rob, when I set aside time for my business development, my customer acquisition, and I was like. You mean sales, Gabriel, you could hear them groan. And I was like, wait, sales is the lifeblood of your business. What do you think sales is? And I got some of the old answers. It's influencing, it's controlling the conversation. And I was like, okay, you know something? Zig Ziglar, Dale Carney, giant among people to this day, but you focused in on the wrong part of their message. And you, you took that one little thing and you twisted it and made it into something unpleasant, you know, that you undesirable. Basically all sales is, is starting a productive conversation to see if there's a reason to work together. You start productive conversations every day. You are in sales. Uh, sales is like the human body, two ears, one mouth, ask a question, then let them answer and listen to what they say. Uh, so here's how you run a sales meeting. It's not about policies and procedures. It's about goals, about success stories, about techniques, about rah, rah, rah. You want your team pumped up and ready to run through walls at the end. And when I was done, I was like, are you guys afraid of sales now? They're like, no, that's actually kind of easy. I'm like, it is if you let it be. So you don't need to complicate sales. And I think that's what happens with a lot of business owners is they don't understand what sales is. That's again, why I ended up writing my book is to explain to them what sales is. It's in my book, there's not techniques. There's not, uh, you know, it's just about a high level of understanding of what sales is. The, the reason why you, you, you wrote the book is really because you, you, you met a lot of business owners, uh, that, that, are reluctant to sales, what, what would be the proportion of, uh, business owners that you met in, in, in this position? Uh, it's funny. Uh, cause when I sit down with business owners, uh, and I decide if I'm going to work, if we're deciding if we should work together or not, I usually ask one question. If I came into your business in a sales capacity and just wanted to kill it 200, 300, 400% of goal, what do I have to do? And 80% of the time they'd look at me and say, you, I, you want me to answer that? I'm like, yes, I did. Like, I have no idea. Like, okay, they, they have no idea what the sales process is. 10% of the time they sit there, you just go sell. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Well, you just go sell. It's like, but explain to me what that is. And they don't know. 10% of the time they go, here's the process here. Here's our benefits. Here's the benefit of working with us. Here's our value proposition. They have a somewhat of a sales background. They don't need to work. And it's, it's not like, um, business owners are, you know, not smart. It's just that they didn't get into their business because they wanted to sell. They get into their business because they're passionate about what their offerings are. And so what, and it, it's funny, Gabriel, because I explained to him, like, you realize you're all in sales. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, you got people to give you money to start your business. You got vendors to give you lines of credit. You got people to work with you. 
that that's all selling what you're right and they're like oh and usually it's, it's at that point that they get it that the, the light switches and they're like oh i guess you're right that is kind of sales i didn't really think of it that way and then as soon as that light switch goes on they're like okay sales is not a bad thing anymore okay i, I get it we're just seeing getting people to work together and and so the idea for them is for them to sell more and to adopt the sales process and go do the sale or in fact, the best solution in this case is for them to, 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 to recruit uh, a, a, a sales manager or a new sales and train him. Well, and one thing I, I work with every business owner is, and it's funny, I had a conversation uh, online with a colleague of mine is, I get every business owner to realize what they, what part of the business that they love. And let's keep them focused on that part of the business. Anything else that they're not good at or they don't like doing, outsource it. So yes, if you get sales, but you really don't like doing sales, bring in a fractional VP of sales or a business advisor like myself. If you you know don't like accounting, bring in a CPA, have them do that. If you don't like warehousing, bring in a warehouse manager. Whatever part of business that you are good at, let's stay focused on that because that's the way to grow your business. And let's bring in the other experts that can grow your, your other parts of your business. So the idea for a business owner is not uh, necessarily to become a, a great uh, salesperson, but to accept the idea of selling and recruit a, a great seller. And guess what? There's some business owners that are great at sales, but the one thing that I always work with them on is they can't be the only conduit for their sales because that if it is, then it's bottlenecked and you're not going to grow beyond you. What I work with those business owners is we build out the sales process together because they have a sales process it's usually stuck in their head, but it's like, okay, let's go step-by-step on what you do and, and how you do it every step of the way. And let's train other people to do what you do. But the other the business owners that don't like sales, yes, outsource it, find somebody that's really good at, and what I always tell them is find somebody that understands your value proposition. What value does your business provide to others? And that's really interesting and for for them are they able to express their value proposition uh and is it not the the the, the role of the new salesperson sometime to be able to express the value proposition to the rest of the world uh, possibly uh it, it's so funny i have an exercise that i do with every business owner and i'm going to give it to your audience uh so they're going to get get this for free they're going to be able to go out and do this for their business and see if their value proposition is right i did this with a father-son team they were an insurance inspection company they had the best product in the industry and i said why should people do business with you they said we have the best time service and quality time service and quality I'm like all right i went out to their three best clients i sat down with them i'm like listen insurance inspection company dime a dozen why do you work with these guys they said, Rob, in this industry, insurance, there's always going to be problems. And when there are problems, we know we can call or email them. They'll find out what happened, who was involved, how to make sure it doesn't happen again, and get back to us within 24 to 48 hours. And I was like, huh. I was like, that sounds like good customer service and communication. They're like, yep, they do it. Not a lot of other people do. Gabriel asked all three. I'm like, what about time, service, and quality? They all said the same thing. If you're not doing time, service, and quality, you're not working in this industry. So we changed the value proposition from time, service, and quality that all the other inspection companies were beating their chest about to, hey, we have the best customer service and communication. When there are problems, and there will be, some will pop up, we'll be there with you, we'll take care of it fast, and we'll get rid of it as soon as we can and get you back to your normal business. That next year, they grew 26%, year after that, 63 because we were speaking to the market in the market's voice. So for your people out there that are watching, for all you business owners, go out and 
talk to your three best clients. They may not be your biggest ones because sometimes we know the biggest clients are pain in the rear end, but the ones you love working with, they love working with you. There's good margin there. Ask them three questions. First question, what, what value did we provide that you expected? What value did we provide that you didn't expect? And what's the best thing about working with us? The first two questions are just to get them talking. It's that third one that's the hook. What's the best thing about working with us? If they're all saying the same thing, that is your value proposition. I can almost guarantee you it's probably different than what you're using now. That's for sure. And so what your own customers are saying about you? Yeah. Did, did and, you make and, the exercise with them? Yeah. And you use their language and their voice and express it to other prospects. Because now you're speaking in the customer's voice, not in yours. I worked with this uh, Australian company that was coming to the U.S. and they did marketing for orthodontists. And they had this 20-page deck that was jammed full of information. And I sat down with them. They flew into town. I sat down. I looked at the deck. I looked at them and said, I'm not going to read this. And they're like, what? I said, you're paying me and I'm not going to read this. Do you think an orthodontist, why do you have all this information there? And they're like, well, it's everything they need to know to make a decision. I'm like, no, it's everything you want to impress them with your vast knowledge and all the things that you do that make you so great. It's not what they need to know. So we did that. We went out to their three best clients. We asked them those questions. We reduced that 20-page deck to a one sheet with four bullet points on it. The next week, the sales rep calls me up. She goes, Rob, they're reading it. I'm like, well, Brooke, they're supposed to. She goes, Rob, they've never read anything I've ever sent them before. So by simplifying their sales process and simplifying what they said to their audience, we reduced their sales cycle eight to 10 months and increased their customer base 33% in four months. Great. That's a good example. Um, and really what I understand is that with business owner, you, you, you have to make them think about what they do, about their value proposition, about the, the fact that they are all also doing sales. Um, is it harder to work with business owner than with, uh, uh, salespeople? It depends. I mean, every business owner is different. I mean, I've worked with some business owners that are, were just a pleasure to work with. I've had, again, sometimes I'll sit down with a business owner and I said, I ask him a question. Do you know everything about your business? And if they say, yes, I say, I can't help you because I don't know everything about my business. That's why I work with other colleagues that help me out. Uh, and if you think you know everything about the, your business, then I can't help you because you're not open to new ideas. Uh, but most business owners, especially through the pandemic, everyone has felt the shift. You know, especially you're talking about work, working virtually. Uh, people kept asking me, are you used to working virtually? I kept telling them, I'm like, I've been working virtually for two decades. I've, I've done this well before this started. Uh, it's just the way I've done business. But it, it doesn't it doesn't really change things too much. Or it changes a little bit. If you're sitting in front of me physically or if I'm sitting in front of you like this, like we're sitting in front of each other right now, uh, you can still build rapport. You can still, you know, do all the things that you need to do. It's just, it feels a little bit different. And so what I, what I always tell business owners too is when working remote, make sure that you and make sure that your staff take breaks. Because one of the things that I've seen a lot of people do during the, while working virtual is they forgot to take a break. They forget to get up and walk outside, take a breath of fresh air. And it's hard sometimes. I mean, there's been times when I've, it's, you know, six in the morning, I'm in front of my computer working. I look up, it's eight o'clock at night and I'm sitting in my sweats and going, wow, what happened to this day? It's, so I actually schedule time in my calendar to get up, go take a walk, get up, get outside and do things because that helps keep you balanced. And when working virtually, you have to have that balance. You have to be able to detach a little bit, go get a breath of fresh air, come back in, then you're fresh and you're sharp again. 
That's true. And it, it's especially true when you having customer meeting after other customer meetings. And, uh, if you have no stop be, between them, uh, you, you, you don't realize where you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, it just, it just takes that planning and sometimes I, I, cause again, I have some colleagues that are just go, 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 go. And I keep telling them, put a, just a five or 10 minute gap in there where it's you time. It's you go walk outside, you walk around the block. I make sure I schedule walk my walks. I'm very fortunate. I live in Santa Monica, California, so I can walk around. I can see the ocean and see the beach. And so it's, it's nice to get outside every now and take that walk. And regardless of how hard things are, when you take that walk and you get outside and you, you enjoy the environment you're in, you can sit there and say, it's not that bad. And that puts you in the right mindset to get back in and do the virtual thing again. And, and that's interesting because selling is, is also about, uh, getting the no answer from customers that doesn't answer to your call, that doesn't like your proposal and so on. Uh, how do business owner accept the no and how do you help them to, to accept, uh, the no answer? Uh, I accept the no when they say, no, Rob, never call me again. Uh, other than that, it, it, it there's upselling and downselling. If someone doesn't like what you're offering right now, do you have something else that they can buy that it's a little bit less of a, you know, it's more of an introduction to you there. And Gabriel, I, there, we could spend a week talking about different sales strategies and what you do to know. I mean, actually one of the best clients I ever gotten was out of a no. It was when I first started selling, I'm going to date myself here. I was selling classified advertising. That's what newspapers relied on classified ads to make money. Uh, and I was selling to a lawyer and I was all excited about it. And I was like, what type of law do you practice? And he's like, well, I do business to business transactions. I was like, oh, I was like, this probably won't work for you then. This is more DUI, divorce, criminal law. It's like, you're not going to take my money. I'm like, I'm a sales guy. I'll take your money, but I don't think this is going to work for you. <laughs> and I said, but if you know any DUI, divorce lawyers or anything, send them my way. That next week from that no, I got three clients. One of them became my biggest client. So no doesn't mean you're not going to get business. When somebody says no to me, Hey, Rob, I don't need your services. I said, do you know anyone else that possibly could, do you know anyone else that needs coaching that wants to get their business to that next level? And a lot of times they're like, yeah, I do. So even if the person you're speaking to doesn't need what you have, it doesn't mean that they don't know someone that does. And, and your business owner are ready to hear a no from their, from their customers. When you, when you put it in the way I just did. I think they're more accepting to that. It's like, it's like, okay, cause guess what? Somebody, not everyone wants your product. Not everyone needs your product. Nike, Coca-Cola, they don't market to everyone. <laughs> they're huge companies. They're hugely successful, but they market to their audience. Not everyone needs the product or service that you have period. Hands down, accept that. And if you accept that, then you can sit there and say, okay, the person I'm talking to right now doesn't need what I have, but do they know anyone that might? And you'd be surprised how many people are willing to sit there and say, yeah, you know something, go talk to, you know, Mike and Doug down the street. And then when you call Mike and Doug and say, Hey, Mike, Gabriel just told me to give you a call. You know, he said, you might be, might be needing what I have. Mike's going to listen to you because Gabriel referred you. And that's, that's the way into now, instead of just having that one sale, I might actually have two. Great. Thanks a lot, uh, Rob. Uh, I, I really loved our conversation about business owner and the way they accept or not the idea of being a salesperson. 
and the way they evolve into sales and adapt to the new reality of sales. And I also really love your last tip about uh, how to turn a no into a referral, which is really interesting. Um, if our audience uh, is interested to contact you, how should they do? Uh, probably the easiest way to get me is on LinkedIn. Uh, and if you type my name in LinkedIn, you should be able to find me pretty easy. Uh, or, you know, there might be a couple of us, but you'll be able to find, there's not that many Rob Bedells, but you'll be able to find me there. And that's probably the easiest way to connect. Uh, or if you want to email me, you can email me at rob at info, the number four, yourbusiness.com. Great. And you have also your book on Amazon, which is the S word. Yes. Uh, you have to look for a book by Rob Bedell, because if you look for the S word, you find a book on socialism. <laughs> so I think. <laughs> This episode of the Virtual Selling Podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. Join us twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedback. Share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team efficiency and sales readiness enables remote management and vamp sales operational excellence. Book your salesdeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better prep customer meetings. Would you be interested, Rob, to test the product and to have a demo? I am always looking for new sales tools. I, I, that's what keeps me sharp and keeps me in the industry. You always got to look for what's out there and how to, make, how, how to make the whole process easier. So yes. Great. Thanks a lot, Rob, and see you for the demo. Thank you.